Welcome to the Valley Advocate Podcast, featuring interviews that take us deeper into the people and happenings on the local scene. For more podcasts and a closer look at what's going on in the Valley, visit us at valleyadvocate.com. Hello, welcome to the Valley Advocate Podcast. My name is Dave Eisenstatter. I'm the editor of the Valley Advocate, and today... I'm here with our own associate editor, Chris Goudreau. Hello and welcome. Well, thank you for having me on, Dave. Yeah. Um, you just wrote a really fascinating cover story uh, titled From the Valley to the Border um, about uh, people in this area from southern Vermont and western Mass basically being inspired by all the sickening news about what's been happening um, at our southern border wanting to go down themselves and pitch in and, uh, and help out. And maybe you could talk a little bit about um, uh, how you came up with that story, how, um, you know, how you developed that. Well, I think uh, a lot of uh, times cover stories develop uh, sometimes from smaller stories, um, and such uh, was the case with this story. Um, it started when I, I got a, actually a Facebook message from an acquaintance, a uh, musical, musical acquaintance of mine, uh, Carolyn Walker. Uh, she plays uh, fiddle and violin uh, and was also a fantastic singer-songwriter. Um, and uh, her mother, um, uh, Audrey Walker, uh, and her partner, uh, uh, that is her mother's partner, Sharon Lehman, um, we're planning to go down to the border in January, and she just wanted me to uh, potentially do a story about that. And um, while I was there interviewing them, I thought um, this might be something more than just a standard news story uh, that maybe I wanted to go in more uh, depth with that piece. And uh, so I interviewed them, learned about what they were doing um, uh, with a group called Serving Asylum Seekers. And uh, that's just a group they started uh, with uh, friends and churchgoers uh, at uh, a church they they belong to in Brattleboro. Actually, um, uh, Audrey Walker is a reverend there. So okay. that, that's where the connection happened with that. And so they, 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 they connected with this group down in Brownsville, Texas, near the border called Team Brownsville, um, uh, specifically with a woman named Andrea Rudnick. And, um, uh, you know, I, I, I figured why not expand upon this story and try to interview Andrea as well to get a more uh, nuanced perspective about this, uh, not just a valley-centric, but also like, like, like focusing on where the issue is at the border. So uh, Andrea gave me a lot of enlightening information about just what the journey is for, for many of these asylum seekers, like the hundreds of hundreds of miles they have to travel to just, you know, basically try to get into the border. Uh, and and the border. what are some of the things that Team Brownsville does when they, when, um, when asylum seekers arrive? Well, um, they they do a couple things before uh, before they they uh, they're detained uh, by the U.S. government um, uh, with their uh, uh, while they're seeking their asylum uh, status. They go over to uh, across the Mexican border, uh, um, basically to to provide uh, asylum seekers with supplies. Um, to speak with them, learn about their situation, and just help them uh, in a really decent, humane way. Um, so that that's one angle. Then uh, one uh, another thing they do is once people are released, um, uh, they they do all those things. Plus they they uh, they uh, spend time at the local bus stations helping people find out where their next destination is going to be because once they're released. 
these asylum seekers are released uh, and are actually have a ga- uh, chance to gain asylum. They, they then head to whether they're uh, wherever their host uh, family or uh, an individual host is located. So, so I, I think general. Uh, in general, they, they help with those sort of things, but also like uh, just you know emotional support and you know like connecting one on one as human beings. Just you know like asking, "Are you all right?" Like like you know things that we take for granted. And uh, I was interested to see that it sounded like that was one of the the key things that um, that they did was just sit there and, and listen to those stories um, of people. Uh, you know that. Um, like you were saying, the kind of they're they're providing food, supplies, and other stuff, but like a listening ear too was so um, important as part of what they do. Yeah, but I, I imagine uh, a lot of these people who are, who are fleeing these really desperate situations have a lot of trauma. So just I, I think I think uh, having an open mind, having an open ear, and being able to listen to people um, in a very non-judgmental way. Um, is something that can have a really profound um, impact on people, especially who've undergone like uh, very harrowing circumstances. Um, well, it's a pretty, I mean, so uh, it's a pretty decent distance to go for folks around the valley here to get down to Brownsville, Texas as well. Um, can you talk a little bit about what was inspiring some of the, the people to um, to make that trip and to want to be a part of Teams Brown, Team Brownsville and other um, organizations? Uh, well, we can start with the lead uh, of, of the article. I mean, you've, uh, basically Sharon Lehman told me about like her inspiration for going down, and I kind of crafted something that that uh, kind of got you in the scene of what what she was experiencing in that moment when she thought I had to do something. Uh, she was just watching TV at home and uh, saw something about militia groups uh, and a news piece about militia groups aiming gun guns at migrants, and you know that mm. really infuriated her as as do, as it does many people, and she just you know got fed up and. Uh, instead of you know, uh, you know, lingering in apathy and like, oh, what what can we do? She said, oh, well, I can do something about this. I I have to do something, and I think a lot of the times uh, uh, people can be just numb to to a lot of the horrors and um, specifically um, just violence and and dehumanization that goes on. Um, every day in the world, not, not just in the United States, but just every day everywhere. And um, I, I think it's in general, it's a, a, a good thing to try to help people in need. And, you know, I mean, I think that's what they aim to do. And, you know, um, I think compassion isn't overrated in this instance. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it seems to be uh, lacking in some sense from our own government and administration in terms of the way that, uh, that these border crossings are being treated, um, by our government. And it, it, you know, in some ways it, it feels like, okay, well, if the government isn't going to step up with its own compassion, um, you know, we're seeing individuals do that on their own. Yeah. And, and a lot of the individuals who I spoke with, 
uh, 100% agreed that the, the government wasn't acting in an ethical, humane way. And uh, I mean, uh, it's just like, like uh, as <laughs> it's kind of a lame reference, but like Elvis Costello's Peace, Love and Understanding. I mean, that's I think that's pretty basic for anyone. And I mean, if, if you can't have that level of decency, I mean, I mean, that that's just it can it can be viewed as cruel, I think. And I think a lot of pe- people viewed uh, what was going on, on the border as cruel and um, just being able to get their thoughts about that and, and uh, kind of counter that with actual news reports of what's going down down there at the border, the actual factual um, treatment of, of children adult and adults uh, seeking asylum. I mean, it's, it's heartbreaking, but um, you know, they want to do something about it. So, so the people we've talked about ma- uh, mainly so far were folks who are, who are still in the planning stages to get down there, but you also spoke to um, some people who had been already. Maybe you could talk about, about that. Um, uh, those folks, the, um, the, the grannies respond? Yes, yes. Uh, specifically, uh, I connected with uh, Kathy Mellon. She's a former editor here, uh, at the Daily Age. Yeah, we used to work with her. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I didn't work with her specifically, but um, uh, I, I work with Steve Ferrer. Uh, uh, she used to serve as his old boss, basically. Okay, got it. Um, and um, uh, so I, I connected, uh, actually... Uh, uh, with her through you, uh, you gave me uh, her contact info, and uh, she was just a uh, gave, gave me a wealth of contacts and information uh, regarding um, uh, Granny's Respond and all the different people um, who are who are doing really uh, interesting things as as related to the uh, helping people at the border. Uh, but um, she went down there uh, last year with a group. Of people, uh, mostly from New York, uh, uh, and uh, they they caravan down um, with I think twenty five or thirty people, and that that grew to at least a hundred people. And the the their their uh, reason for going down to the border uh, wasn't necessarily to to help out. Uh, first and foremost, they they did do. Uh, relief work for for about a day but the journey was all about gaining um media attention about this issue and you know using um uh their connections to to spread the message wide and far and and i think they succeeded i mean they got the bbc uh cbs al jazeera uh to do coverage and i I mean uh Kathy Mellon said um, that uh, her daughter's uh, mother-in-law, who lives in Cologne, Germany, saw her on the news. So I mean, that's I think I think mission accomplished in mm-hmm. terms of that. Um, but um, uh, yeah, this was uh, this happened in August uh, 2018 or late late July 2018. So that was when we were hearing news about children uh, confined in cages. Uh, uh, by the U.S. government, by specifically the Trump administration. It's it's interesting their name, even just in their name, Grannies Respond. I mean, you kind of think of all these like like old older ladies uh, heading down to kind of fix the problem. Um, uh, and I, you know, it it does seem like uh, you know those stories about the children, especially the family separations, were a real motivating factor for um, 
for these folks and for probably a lot of the people who are who are responding? Oh, hugely. I mean, um, a lot of the people who I spoke to who who are going to do work or or have done work down there um, were motivated a lot by you know um, being a parent or a grandparent and you know. Uh, like hearing the news about these children and just responding with empathy and just heartbreak, and um, I, I think I, I think like like responding this way and, and uh, not only uh, protesting uh, this issue but also providing real support is 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 I think a, a real positive way to go about this. Um, it's not so. Um, a few other groups that you talked to, I think, that were kind of offshoots of Granny Granny's Respond, were there was a group of, um, and this may or may not happen, but some some local doctors who who might go down as well, as well as some local uh, college students who I think are in the process of are who are there right now. Yes. Uh, uh, first, uh, about the doctors, uh, uh, there was uh, several uh, several physicians, uh, local area. Uh, family physicians who are planning at some point to go down. I, I think they just have to make the connection. Um, and uh, that's really unique because they have, first and foremost, medical expertise, which I think isn't really invaluable when you hear about um, children, you know, have, having diseases while they're confined. I, I mean, I just, I think I, I heard... Um, uh, recently, there were there was uh, cases of I, think, I believe smallpox mm. uh, outbreak. I mean, I could be wrong about that, so uh, don't quote me on that. Uh, but uh, I, I just hearing about that. I, I mean, I, I think there's definitely definitely a need there. Um, and as far as the students at Clark University, um, they I think I believe they're down there right now. Um, they're they're either uh, in McAllen or Brownsville, Texas, and a lot of what they're doing is is just helping out, you know, um, providing food, cooking food, giving people uh, supplies, uh, those sort of sort of things, and you know, uh, whatever is needed, whatever they're directed to help out with, and um, so there's a group I believe of seven students uh, uh, there, one of which is from uh, Shelburne Falls. Um, name was uh, uh, Haley Glear. Um, yeah, so we got some sort of the, the grannies, some older folks going down, and then some younger folks who are kind of in their, in their 20s or so and who are students um, also, also heading down. Uh, I think it's interesting in terms of what they're down, experiencing down in, you know, with Team Brownsville, I know that you spoke to the, the organizer about how they were receiving groups from all over the country, not just from our region. Yeah, and, uh, she, uh, that's Andrea Rudnick from Team Brownsville, and she mentioned um, uh, groups from California and, and just uh, across the Northeast and uh, just really across the country and how it's a, so over the summer a really steady flow of people. Um, the group uh, serving asylum seekers uh, from mostly the Brattleboro, Franklin County areas, uh, um, they're going down in January. That's their plan. Um, so um, uh, it's it's kind of amazing that uh, there's so many groups that are coordinating with other groups. And Team Brownsville isn't the only group down there uh, at the border helping. I'm sure there's many, many others. Um, and 
you know, I mean, it's just, uh, again, like, uh, responding to, uh, what a lot of people perceive as, uh, uh, inhumane treatment with humanity and compassion, I think is a story worth telling. Well, with so much in the news about, uh, you know, the mistreatment of migrant children, of the, the deplorable conditions in the detention centers, um, it, I think it's inspiring to, to see a story like this of people who really want to roll up their sleeves, get down there, and, and, um, and do something about it. So, um, you know, thank you very much for putting this story together. Yeah, I mean, it, it gives, I think, gives a lot of people, like, from what I've heard, uh, pretty much the reaction of, from the story is people are uh, kind of hopeful. And I think it cuts through the cynicism. Uh, a, a lot of times when we talk about these, like, really, you know, um, horrifying stories and just, like, it, it, I think a lot of the reactions people have is either they get really depressed about it or heartbroken or they get really angry. And um, uh, someone said uh, in the story, I think it was uh, Gleer, uh, said it, uh, it's good to be angry. Uh, no, I, that, that was actually uh, Elena Novak. She's a Clark student, a uh, graduate of uh, Clark University. She said it's good to be angry, but turning that anger into something useful and productive. Like, like I mean, everyone's allowed to have their feelings, but, I mean, there's there's a difference between, like, being angry and doing something violent versus being angry and saying, well, I'm going to change this. I'm going to use uh, my intellect and uh, my resources to create p- positive change. I, I think that that's something that's really inspiring. Um, well, great. Well, thanks very much for um, for chatting about the story, Chris. Um, uh, I just want to actually add before we wrap up here uh, is that uh, Serving Asylum Seekers has a GoFundMe uh, page, gofundme.com slash serving dash asylum dash seekers dash team dash Brownsville, um, where they're still uh, seeking funds to, um, to help out down there, um, and that more information can be found at... Uh, www.grannysrespond.org and teams, teambrownsville.org for more information about this. So great. Thanks again, Chris. Thank you, Dave. Thanks for listening. And don't forget to visit us at valleyadvocate.com.